Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the We Shall Not Sleep podcast. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. I'm so glad to be back with you here on this hump day. Wherever you are listening, I hope you are well. Uh, my church and I, we've been going through uh, 1 Corinthians, and I told you I'd be sharing intermittently uh, from from that, um, from my Sundays. But tonight, I want to take a different angle, um, something that I've been going through. Um, I know I've said it before, but I have a um, per- persistent uh, scripture reading regimen that I do, and I'm consistent with it. I've been doing it now uh, for for a pretty good while. It's been something that was really spurred on when my father shared with me how good the book of Proverbs was. Well about six years ago now. And it's something that I, I took the Bible for granted. I, I I knew more about sports than I did my own Bible. I knew about other interests, other other stories, other books that I would know more about. And that really convicted me. So I started a new uh, reg- regiment with when it comes to like my scripture reading and my, my discipline. And I started out reading a psalm, a gospel reading, uh, just so two two chapters a day. I would read a chapter a day. I'd read Matthew and I would read uh, a Psalm, and then I would do Matthew chapter two and then Psalm two. And slowly over time, I added more and more books. Well, this last few weeks have been I've been going through the book of Genesis, and I finally got to the story of Joseph, which is my favorite in all of Scripture, and it's used in a lot of different ways. But the the parallels that I've been seeing so. Mind you, I've been doing my daily scripture reading, but then I also been preparing my sermons in 1 Corinthians. And what what's amazing is that in my preparation for 1 Corinthians chapter 2, which I'll be preaching on, um, it, there's a there's a portion in 1 Corinthians 2 where Paul is giving his message uh, to the Corinthian church and he quotes the prof, from the prophet Isaiah. And he does it a couple times in chapter 2, uh, but he specifically uh, comes from uh, from two different chapters, and the first one is what I'm interested in. So in the midst of this passage, he he says this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, starting at verse 6, he says, We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden, and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, and here's the quote, What no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived. The things God has prepared for those who love him. Uh, well, I wanted to go back because he's adding he's adding on a little bit there. But this is taken from Isaiah 64, verse 4. And if we go over to that particular verse, uh, that that particular um, chapter and verse in sixty four come comes at the be uh, um, a a full uh, kind of dissertation on who God is. So I'll actually start there, starting at verse one of Isaiah sixty four. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you, as when fire sets twigs ablaze and causes water to boil. Come down to make your name known to your enemies and cause the nations to quake before you. For when you did awesome things that we did not expect, you came down and the mountains trembled before you. So it was basically saying, Jesus, you, you've come down now and look what's happened. The, the, the whole earth has worshipped you. And it's, and it's out of reverence, out of fear, has bowed to you. Since ancient times, no one has heard 
No ear has perceived, no eye has seen in any has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. Basically, you're not gonna, there's nothing that compares against Yahweh. There's no, there's no comparison. He's the goat. If we use the sports metaphors all, all the time, right? Uh, he's the goat. You cannot use any comparison against him. God is God. He's bigger than anything. And by the way, you can't even conceive what he has planned for you if you wait on him. Instead of rushing into things, doing your own plan, you wait on him. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm, I, I'm, of course I'm going to talk about that, but that parallels my favorite passage in all of Scripture, and that's of Joseph and, and his, the story of him uh, having the favoritism of his father and earning the jealousy of his brothers. They conspire to kill him. Uh, one brother, I can't remember, was it Reuben, that says no. Uh, forgive me if that's wrong. I'm going to actually look this up in real time. It's a favorite story. Which brother of Joseph spared him? It was Reuben. Okay, good. I'm glad my my memory serves me correctly. It says, no, let's just sell him. Let's not kill him because that will kill our father. We don't want that. So they sell him into slavery. He gets put into Potiphar's house as a, as a, as a slave. Uh, and... He's doing good. He's earning favor. He's doing this great thing. And then he has a major setback. You know, Potiphar's wife wants to um, take him to bed. And he's like, well, no, I'm not going to do that. And then he gets framed, thrown back into prison. And then he's still trying to earn the Lord's favor, is given this wisdom to understand dreams. And then he's made second in command after he successfully interprets it. And it's all on God's wisdom. It's on God's timing. He waits on the Lord. Any of those given moments, he could have said, well, screw you, God. I've served you all my life. Why in the world did I, how, how could I have earned this? What, what did I do? Of course, then we know that he ends up seeing his brothers. And he brings his whole family in um, to the fold into Egypt after the famine. And they are given land. And, and because of Joseph's stewardship, no one goes hungry, and, and people are, are blessed because of that, including his family. Like, what an amazing story, but if you're not waiting on the Lord, you're rushing into things based on how you think they should happen. I mean, oh my goodness. I mean, how, how much of a, of a wreck have we caused by not waiting on the Lord? By, by simply trying to control things and saying to God that this is not happening on my timeline, and I needed to rush things up a little bit. I need to control things. And of course it falls apart. I tell people that if I was trying to orchestrate something like 99 times out of 100, it's going to be terrible. Maybe one time it'll be mediocre, but that's nothing to boast about, which ties in 1 Corinthians 1, which I preached about this past weekend, is that we can't, if we, we can't boast in anything except for Jesus and, and him crucified. Like, where are we putting our reliance on? Are, are we receptive to God's plan? Are we open that his timing is going to be perfect if we just submit to it? Assuming, of course, and, and there's steps to this, like, do you have a healthy prayer life? Are you praying? Are you on your knees every day? Asking for mercy, asking for forgiveness, um, recognizing that you need God's grace. Praying for guidance, praying for wisdom. Are you doing that every day? Are you in your Bible every day? Whether it's listening, in the car, in the morning, in the shower, what, what, what have you, whatever your thing is, are you listening or reading every day? 
Are you going to church? Are you actively seeking out his plan? How much time are you putting into that relationship? And if you are doing all of those things, I can say with confidence that the Holy Spirit will move in your life and he will not always do so in the ways that you want him to. But just as the prophet Isaiah, which Paul reminds us again, since ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. Are we waiting for him? We already have the Holy Spirit inside of us if we're as Christians. We already have the gift, the spiritual gift of patience that Paul talks about later in 1 Corinthians 12. We already have that. Are we willing to tap into it by lessening ourselves so that he can become greater in our lives? These are the questions that if you're struggling right now, if you're finding some discontentment, I get that. It's a very human thing. That's not, it's not a sin to have discontentment. What do we do with that discontentment, of course? What are we dwelling on? Where do our thoughts take us? Does it take us to a place of covetousness? Does it take us to a place of anger and malice because we are jealous? We're envious of our neighbors. We're confused. We are angry at God because things haven't gone our way. I mean, I've shared with you before, like, I really wish I had a relationship from time to time. But then when I look at where my life is, sometimes it's like, I don't know if I could handle a relationship in that commitment right now because I, I think the church would suffer. Not that that will always be the case as you can become more disciplined with time management, but it's it's one of those things that I'm dealing with this too. And it's a reminder that scripture from beginning to end, Old Testament, New Testament, from God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, looking back to the Father, putting our plans in his hands and then waiting on him, specifically waiting on him. His timing is perfect. I mean, just perfect. I would imagine there are times in your life where if you look back and you, and you said to yourself, oh my goodness, the Lord absolutely moved in that way and it was perfect because if you would have tried to do it yourself, it would have been screwed up, right? This happens. It's human. But a lot of times the, the, the ending of things can, can reveal that clarity. So I would just encourage you to, to wait on the Lord today. I encourage you highly to seek after him and, and, and again, be honest. Get down on your knees and be honest before him. I think that is going to really be therapeutic for you for one, but get back into scripture. Read the Proverbs, read Ecclesiastes, read Lamentations, the wisdom literature. Add Psalms to your daily reading too. It, it's not as if you're looking at life through a veil, but sometimes when it comes to certain topics and certain things in your life, when you can spend time in the word, things become clear, that veil is lifted. And you might not see your future. You might not see everything that's going to transpire, but there will be a peace about it that will surpass all understanding. That is what I encourage you to do tonight, this very night. Thank you so much for listening. I greatly appreciate it. I'm looking forward to a lot of things that are coming up here. Continue to connect with us wherever you get your podcasts. We're hosted on SoundCloud, and we have our YouTube channel. Look for our updates on Facebook. Please continue to send any feedback, requests, advice to our email at wsnspodcast at gmail.com. All that said, may God bless you. May God keep you.